What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. It's another episode of Making the Turn, and I'm your host, BJ Parker. And welcome in. Glad that you're listening. Hope that you're doing well today, and um, and I appreciate you just uh, all the love and sharing and support that's been happening on the podcast. It's been great. I thank you. Uh, and if you're not listening, or if you hadn't heard it, or if this is your first time, uh, welcome in. Please rate, sub- share, subscribe. Go to iTunes. It's available on pretty much all your podcasts. Uh, podcast platforms today i have a special guest with me on this on the podcast and guy's been in the industry for a long time he is a former superintendent now got into the sales business and i appreciate him on the show mr jimbo thomas how you doing sir great great i'm looking forward to it well thanks for joining me uh it's uh great to have you here do Thank you. do you do you go by jimbo or jim what is how do you you know, I know you as Jimbo, Jimbo, but if somebody knows me pretty well, they yeah. know me as Jimbo. If someone calls me and asks for James or Jim, they're probably selling something. <laughs> That's the truth. Well, um, what do you prefer? Do you just you Jimbo? Jimbo. And, and how did that get started? You know, I guess just a childhood nickname. Yeah. You know. Well, okay, so. Um, I didn't give you a real formal introduction because I know you've changed jobs, but I, but that's part of what I want to do is get into that. So talk a little bit about your career. I know it spans, you know, I, I'll cut you off and we'll ask questions along the way, but kind of uh, tell me where you started, how you got in the business and uh, kind of what you're doing now. Okay. Um, you know, I grew up in middle Tennessee, so I grew up in Franklin <clears throat> and uh, started working summer jobs on a golf course, a little course, not there now called a, Carton Club. Carton Club. Hmm. So I did a few summers and, and worked for a guy named Willie Pewitt, who really got me going in the business. Yeah. And after a few years, he, he explained that, you know, you can get a degree for this and actually have a career. And I said, well, looks better than sitting behind a desk. So <laughs> off I go. Yeah. So I spent a couple years at a Blue Raider country in Murfreesboro, and then they shipped me off to uh, Knoxville. Got turf degree there at University of Tennessee, yeah. and uh, I was lucky. You know, I think I look back on it. You know, it's all about timing, right? Right place, right time. Um, I landed actually was trying to get a job in Birmingham, and uh, he said, "Well, I don't have a job, but my son-in-law does," and that turned out to be <clears throat> Steve Barley in Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth. So it was an outstanding golf course. It sure. was in the day in the top 20, hosted the PGA Tour and Hogan's Alley and just yeah. all of that. So that was uh, really the best experience I could have ever had, and I just didn't know it at the time. And that followed me throughout my career, having been involved back then. You know, this was quite a few years ago. Sure. I think I've done it 38 years. Wow. So. Um, that mean a lot, you know, having yeah. that on your resume. So that's something I've heard y'all talk about with guys. And it is true, you know, the people that are hiring you are a lot of times greens committees or members or, and 
they recognize things of that nature. But uh, first superintendent job, uh, Steve Barley, though, was a really big influence. He was a, another of the people that helped me get in the career. So were you the superintendent there? Or? No, I was an assistant right out of college. Okay. I, I spent three years there as an assistant, did three tournaments and just, you know, a country boy from Tennessee. Yeah. That's a big time there, <laughs> you know. And uh, I took a job in Baton Rouge for three years at Sherwood Forest Country Club as, a, as my first superintendent's job. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, had that desire to get closer to home, married and all, and we moved to Memphis and stayed at Colonial Country uh, Club for 21 years. So at that time, they were host 36-hole course. Yeah. One of those uh, many underestimations I've made in my life, you know. Yeah. I thought, well, 18 holes, 36, it's not any different, just a few more men and a few right. more pieces of equipment. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tour experience there for four years was great, and I stayed there. And then uh, recently, 2006, I guess, right before the golf crashed, a uh, good friend of mine that I had become friends with was uh, Jeff Plotz, who was a superintendent at uh, Southwind. Yeah. He kind of convinced me to take the job, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to get into corporate American agronomy visits and all that, but I look back on it and think that I was kind of lucky through my career yeah. because right after that, the golf economy kind of took a dive, as everybody knows, and Colonial has suffered. So it was a good move at the right time. And, you know, you think you're lucky, but I think it's a little more than just luck. I think yeah. you got someone looking out over you, a little divine intervention, but it's worked out well. That was a great company, um, really good company to work for, a lot of positives there. Uh, and then, you know, as you get older, sure, Middle Tennessee was calling, and uh, something popped up with uh, – Scott Chilson, who has a distributorship for Florentine, Grace Roots, yeah. <clears throat> and um, Bobby Langley, who was a good friend, had been in this territory 20 years plus, so it was an established thing of just two of us in the company. It just kind of fit all the things that I was looking for, wasn't ready to get out of the industry, but it was a nice change of pace. Right. So that's got me here today. You know, I've been doing it for starting my third summer here. So what's it like being on the sales side now? Do you, are you enjoying it? You, I mean, you still get to talk turf, and, and how has that transition been for you? You know, it, it's definitely a learning curve, and I've had some good friends that are in sales. It actually been superintendents and switched over, right. and I reached out to those guys. You know, it's, know a lot of people in the industry, and, you know, Despite what people think, you know, you're out there working. It's not a, you know, 20, 30-hour work where you yeah. get out there and go. But generally, you know, if you're in this business, you're used to long hours. So yeah, it's been good. But, you know, a lot of freedom with your time and sure. less stress in the job, and that was good. I've enjoyed it. It's been a – actually, it's been a very learning experience. Right. You know, not only did I leave an area like Memphis to Nashville, and there's a lot of things, I guess, agronomically different. Mm -hmm. So there was a learning curve there. 
And then I've learned a lot. Instead of having one golf course with one set of problems, you know, I might see 100 golf courses in, in this job. Right. And it's just, you know, you get to see a lot and learn a lot. Superintendents are pretty, uh, <laughs> as you know, sure. pretty inventive, you know. Yeah. So that's fun. How, how much do you get superintendents or assistants or, or do you deal with sports turfs much too? A little just, bit, yeah. a little bit. I do some with the, some baseball fields. Yeah. Well, I don't want to leave them out, but how much do these guys lean on you for advice, sort of bounce things off of you, or do you find they're, they're – I mean, most of the guys are pretty sharp, but, you know, I know sometimes somebody like you that's been in the business for a while, you might have a – come up with an interesting perspective or a different way of doing things. You know, that has been the fun part, yeah. you know, because I'm new to the sales – and I've been on the other side so long that right. uh, you do get questions, you know, and that's the fun part of reaching out and helping someone. Or maybe they're having a problem that I, I've had or I can share my mistakes so right. they don't make the same mistakes. But uh, I get a lot of that, yeah. you know, and, that, and that's the fun part. And uh, you get to talk turf, you know, in addition to selling. And then, you know, you present your products but i don't want to oversell you know yeah do you find that most guys are you know you're i guess are they are they calling you because they've been using florentine for a while or they've been a florentine customer or are you converting some new guys because you've changed positions and they might have a relationship with you how, how does that sort of process work as far as your transition you know you know it's been both yeah really i've got customers that have used Florentine and liked the Florentine, so it's just coming in and providing service right. that they need, which is the big part of sales. And the guy that serviced me would be the guy I would yeah. buy from, you know. So I've had those eight o'clock, nine o'clock trips to deliver somebody something that sure. they needed the next morning. Yeah. But that's what it's all about. Well, and you kind of know from experience. I mean, being on the other side, that's pretty important. If a guy's in a bind, you know, yeah. you, I just try to help. I mean, not everybody, not everybody would really understand that, you know, and they, they want, they've got their own life and they, you know, they've got things they're doing, but you've been in that situation, you know, kind of sympathize with them and can say, I got you, I'll be there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's part of the job. And that's, and that's the fun part yeah. really. And then I have golf courses. There's a lot of young guys out there that haven't, had as much experience or just starting in the industry yeah. so um, those guys you give a little more advice to and you 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 assist them more i guess yeah um that's a lot of fun yeah you know and then i'll get phone calls most of the time problems i'll get calls and it's interesting <laughs> that you never really know what's going to come at you no during I, a day yeah so, I, I mean you know i kind of schedule deliveries and schedule appointments to right. meet guys and talk and you know, i try to go by about once a month so i don't bug somebody too much so what's your territory i really just do middle tennessee i got about a two-hour radius gotcha around nashville which is another part of the job i really didn't want to work for a big company and yeah. have regional managers following me or i didn't want to live in a hotel right moving back to middle tennessee has been a big perk and a pleasure i have well, family here yeah. brothers sisters grandchildren it's just 
and it's so much it's just nice over yeah. here compared to do you miss the superintendent job at all uh i miss parts of it yeah. at times i miss the the mornings the agronomic side of it yeah after that there's not a lot there that i miss <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly what you I, mean <laughs> i can see guys and sit down and visit and talk to guys and they're sharing what they're going through i'm just thinking well i don't miss that yeah <laughs> so. I, that's that's me too i've had I, I get that question a lot, and I'm I'm the exact same way, man. There's so much of it you can, I I I basically answer it if they're a superintendent asking me, I, I basically say, I miss exactly what you think I miss, and I miss and I don't miss what you think I don't miss. Exactly. You know, and that's just the thing. It's just it's just part of it. I mean, I don't know if I I've never said never, but I'm I'm I don't know. I mean, I'm the right opportunity and you take just, a shot. That's right. Uh, yeah. And I'll ask you something here. Do, from the outside looking in and having visited a lot more golf courses than yeah. I would have just stopping with friends as a superintendent. Uh, do you feel like it's getting much harder and the job is getting harder or is it just me getting older? <laughs> you mean from being a superintendent, don't you think it's, I think the demands of the job are probably harder. I think, uh, a lot of what you're they're having to deal with are, are difficult the thing that, that what I would challenge is or would say is is that managing the expectation of the customer or the member is hard to it's a moving target and it's so hard to figure out and you know with job labor situations and a lot of different issues with trying to get people and and you've got probably a lot of moving parts with guys coming and going. You know, it's yeah, I'd probably say it is harder. I don't. I mean, I'm you know, I've been out of it for a little bit, but I you know, I dip my toe back in it and look around. I visit guys just like you do, and I hear the same things. You know, and um, it's just it's just not the most glamorous job when it comes to a lot of the other stuff you got to deal with. But it is a fulfilling job when you think about the things that are uh, nice about it. And yes, you know and so yeah I, I i would say if i got back into it i would say that i got a little bit different perspective but i think you got to manage the, the expectations of your clientele and i've heard some of your other podcasts which by the way i think you're doing a great job this I appreciate is a that. great idea and i've enjoyed down the road listening to yeah. them but um I, well tell I, every tell tell everybody you come in contact to because uh and i don't want you know, hammer this point too hard because I, I, I talk to a lot of people and I'll sit down and talk to anybody, but guys like yourself who've been around, this is, this is very inviting. I, I mean, I, I can, I can come to you. I can, I can have you here. There's a lot of different things that I can do. And, and I'm just trying to get the word out to, to guys in our industry to know them better, to get some content because everybody has a story and everybody can help somebody. And I just, and I appreciate all the, the support. I've enjoyed as you start out, you usually ask for a little background in yeah. history and, and I may know someone, but I learn a lot about them personally sure. when they tell their story of well, how a little they got bit, into the business. Yeah, it's a little bit more, I'm trying to give a little bit more behind the curtain, so to speak, of guys that you may have, may know a little bit about but you get to learn a little bit more about them and all, and, and then hopefully 
that gets you know them some more exposure gets them some ideas you know hey they can they might have a uh, somebody they've known that's come on the podcast with me and they can talk about the things and it just opens up a lot for them and and i've really enjoyed it and yeah. and uh you know i don't see it slowing down i'm having a good and time you know i like the mixture i listened to dr bronson when he was here jim yeah and that's that's a good mixer yeah to have because now you get into a little of the more technical side of, yeah and that's great to have as well yeah well i always hope that we can give some little bit of information something that helps somebody whether it be something you uh experience in your career something you're dealing with now if somebody's considering a job change and they might be going to sales from a superintendent side i mean that happens a lot i mean you know they want to hear experiences and a lot of times this is the only way they can get it is to hear somebody talk about it or pick up the phone and call you and you know who does that really you know it's wish it was happened more often but this is allowing me to talk to more guys and and get content out there and and have guys tell their story and talk it's about good. the business the business i mean it's it's what i've done for my whole life so and it's ever changing yeah. so it's good to well I, again i appreciate you sitting down and supporting it and, and uh, keep listening keep telling people as you're we'll clocking down the road so speaking of the road I, I we cannot go any further without talking about our little pre-recorded um tire change so you, you want me to kind of give I, my rendition of that I, i'd rather you do it okay <laughs> no so so we're scheduled to do this podcast and and um jimbo is a legend in his own right but he he ends up calling me and says hey can you meet me down here and pick me up i got a little tire issue and i won't go into all the details but he's got a, a trailer he pulls behind so we ended up having to go down and we ultimately, you, I'll probably tweet out a picture of the the shop and all the the, the details of it. But uh, we had to change a tire on the trailer before we recorded, and that was interesting. So, but hey, man, you're a jack of all trades, and no, you got it done. We we got it no done. Pun intended, Talk, right? <laughs> right. Talked a guy into letting us borrow a jack. Went to a little uh, used tire center here in Fairview, Tennessee, and got her done it's it's exactly <laughs> what you would picture yeah when you think of what pj just said. yeah it's it, it it's it's classic but anyways somehow those things just seem to happen in they follow you time. around man they follow me. yeah that's good that's, stuff though good. hey keeps you on your toes and life keeps moving on man it's awesome i didn't want you to leave your product down there either that was the main thing i was like we got to get this tire fit on that truck, yeah. yeah yeah i don't know where you're I don't going know if, i don't um, know who's getting all that but <laughs> good for them but so let's back up a little bit and talk a little bit about your career um in as a superintendent guys may not get the experience to ever do like big time tournaments and you've had some of that experience talk a little bit about that experience uh, maybe hosting a PGA Tour event, what goes into that, some of the things that you've dealt with. If you can't talk about some things, that's fine, don't say, but, but you know, um, I'd like to hear a little bit about it. And, and I know I'm an avid golfer and love golf, but you got to see it firsthand from that side. So talk a little bit about that. And, you know, it was kind of interesting because I had a pretty good little gap probably of about 12, 15 years there Yeah. where I didn't do a tournament, then I got back into the tournament. So – uh, just as an assistant, right? it was an awesome experience to be at a golf course that had the resources. So as many of the guys that have been on the podcast before, it's true. That's good advice. You know, you try to get some name recognition on your resume yeah. as interns or even volunteer. And uh, 
I'll uh, take a minute to do a little advertising. Um, superintendents should let these assistants, and I think a lot of them would be more than glad, uh, college interns to travel down to Memphis this year and volunteer for the uh, FedEx St. Jude Classic at the end of July, especially this year as it's changed to a- uh, It's a world golf event. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, I'm actually gonna go down I'm, as a fan though. Well, you're gonna have what, 60 or more no cut top players in the world. Yeah. So, you know, the Tiger Woods, the Dustin Johnsons, all those guys are gonna be there. Whereas when we would have a tournament, if we could get 10 or 12 of the top 20 in a field at any weekly tournament, that's yeah. pretty good. Well, it, you know, it to me, it started to become a pretty big tournament for the guys because the course is difficult. It, it, it created a little bit of a challenge for them. And didn't they, it, isn't it somewhat right around the U.S. Open? So they, It so, has been. When I was there, yeah. we were the week before the U.S. Open. Right. Which was the end of first week of June. Yeah. The U.S. Open ends on Father's Day, sure. the second Sunday. But with the schedule changes this year, it has moved the date. So yeah. it's going to be in end of July. Right. Um, and a lot of that is FedEx. You know, they wanted a bigger event, which is interesting. That's how that kind of came about. Well, and they're the sponsor of the point system deal. And, and the tournament. And, yeah. So, so that's they a got lot some of, pool. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You're, you're right. Yeah. But uh, what I was getting at earlier, just uh, as an assistant, that was a great experience. I did three tournaments. And then later on, I started there at Colonial. So the difference, I got to see the difference in preparing a golf course in 1985 through 88 versus 2007 to 2017. Right. Well, you know, there's a lot that's changed between um, equipment, turf, quality. Right. You know, when we were at Colonial, we had 328 Bermuda greens and we uh, invented our own walker with Brico blocks on a <laughs> mower. And, you know, we hit a big nine on the temp stamp meter. And, you know, I thought that was just top of the world. Yeah. You know, so now you look at today and it's a little bit different. Right. You know? um, but what do you think about all? Good. What do you think about all? And I don't want to, I will get back to that. But, um, you know, I think you're right. The changes have the made changes things, have been the, the changes have made things just. Well, one of the funny mm. thing I tell people, obviously the golf course and what the superintendent I'm glad to see the recognition GCSAA yeah. does a great job. They would call and interview me, and then they'd get that information out, just like, you know, they're, they're PR and the superintendents, yeah. and that's good. But, you know, the thing that I laugh at is uh, the changes outside the ropes. So at Colonial, we had bleachers behind 18, kind of like you saw at Augusta. Yeah. And there was a small, they put up a small corporate tent. And back then it had the plastic windows, kind of like your golf cart where you couldn't see. And I'm eating lunch in there and I'm going, you know, I just don't see this working. Right. Who's going to want to go to a golf cart course in a tournament and watch a tournament inside a tent, you know? <laughs> I guess I was wrong about that. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part of it nowadays. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, that. Mine was an average tournament, and 
the construction crews were there for three months. It took two months to set up and one month to take down. Yeah. So there, that's up. It's a lot of time. And and who do you work with in that situation to sort of coordinate all that? Do they? Is that? It's different at every tournament, I yeah. think. But at, in Memphis, there, they had a uh, youth programs and corporate nonprofit that ran the tournament. Right. And they had a contract with the PGA Tour. Gotcha. And uh, they handled all of that. Mine was to uh, try to make sure they didn't tear my golf course up in the process. Right. So. And did they work with you in, as far as the agronomy and all that? Did, I mean, I'm probably not you know. the tournament committee. You know, yeah. that's more with the PGA Tour. Yeah. You know, so they have their agronomists and working for the TPC organization. So we are part of the PGA sure. Tour, and Southwind is actually owned by the tour. Yeah. Some of the TPC clubs have different business models, yeah. but uh, in that situation, you uh, you get an advance visit a couple months before the tournament, right? And everything's discussed, and you know the specifications of everything. So your job is when they come into town to have everything set up, so there's not any major changes. Right. So that yeah. and dealing with the rules officials. Yeah. You know, without <clears throat> the rules officials in a tournament, they're the ones that really rule. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember my first tournament at Southwind was uh, Cal Roth was my agronomy, and he was leaving on Wednesday. He said, Jimbo, you're doing a great job. Only one thing, he said, usually you have a senior rules official that communicates just with the superintendent so you're not trying to right. deal with 10 or 12 guys. He said, just check with Robbie in the morning, see what he wants, and then check with him in the afternoon and see what he wants. <laughs> and he's not one to tell you. He'll just ask, but whatever he asks, if you can get it done, do it. And yeah. I said, well, that's pretty simple. <laughs> Man, I, I so as far as the overall setup of the tournament – you you guys pretty much just kind of worked with the your I mean you had a standard that you were going to set up routine okay. and then they just made minor adjustments did they make did they have you do any sort of bigger things like maybe add a tee or did you ever have to do any sort of cosmetics to the golf course at all over time uh, if if that was planned that was planned well in advance yeah. you know so yeah that happens yeah. Uh, these guys that are rule officials, they're pretty sharp. Yeah. You know, they've been tricked by most every superintendent out there. <laughs> they know, you know, uh, there's not many tricks that they haven't seen. Sure. And they're usually professional golfers yeah. in their career. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they do a great job. They really understand playing conditions. Right. And what they're trying to achieve. They're not trying to host the U.S. Open every week. Right. You know, they're trying to find good playing conditions that are fair but challenging. Yeah. And uh, so they might tweak the green speeds uh, a little bit. They might ask you to slow down because there's wind in the forecast, right. you know, and yeah. those kind of things. So it's uh, – in, in my career, I've had the, the opportunity to do more. I've, I've, I've done two or three USGA events. Uh, the biggest one being the, the women's U.S. Amateur uh, last last summer at the golf club. And now, 
what experience was that awesome yeah it, it's now I, I i didn't get to do i mean i was just part of the setup team i helped jeff and his crew out there i mowed tees and whatever else needed to be done but being a part of that um you know it's just you get to see the behind the scenes you get to see what's going on but you know there it there really are not i mean chris hartwiger was out there and he you know and he's doing his thing and he would communicate with jeff on what he needs and back and forth but yeah i mean you know that course is dialed in pretty much all the time anyways they didn't have to do a lot but i had the pleasure of doing one at hillwood where i actually did set up for a, a senior women's amateur and that was even more fun i got to see a lot more of that but just being a part of what actually doing a tournament and what goes involved with it and all the all, just, just even on a even on a, the ropes, right even on those levels you know yes. you see the the, the the layers of just different things that are going on and I, it was it was a lot of fun that's what of. i was kind of promoting earlier uh there's if somebody's interested in going down to uh to the tournament in memphis just get in touch with me yeah and i'll hook them up with the right people that they need to call and coordinate but it's a great experience i've had you know they'll pay your accommodations they'll feed you it won't cost you know yeah but uh, that's a great experience. And another one that's right here in our backyard that, you know, we need to promote. And I, I hope you can promote this a little bit more on your podcast for uh, yeah. Alex. You yeah, know, the, the Nashville Nash Open. The Nashville yeah. Open. I've, yeah, I want to, you know, he's busy. But, I, I've, you know, I've had, um, you know, I've seen that they want volunteers. They need volunteers. I think it's important that that, you know, that's a great experience for guys, especially if they're wanting to learn more about the process of setting up tournaments, if they're not doing it. I encourage everybody to do that. Yeah. And, yes, I it's mean. It's a win-win. When this comes out, which will be either tonight or tomorrow, um, you know, yeah, if you hear this and you and you want to go get some experience, reach out to Alex and those guys at Nashville Golf and definitely do that. And if not, you know, uh, Jimbo will hook you up with going down to Memphis. But I definitely encourage people to get involved in that. And – and I've always even encouraged guys to, you know, at their clubs, host a qualifier that, you know, a state, a local qualifier. Now, they're probably all set this year, but, sure. but you know, never. I was I would tell the guys at Brentwood or wherever I was at, I'd say, look, the, as long as we can host them, I think those are good for our club. They're good for us to promote and support our local and Tennessee Golf Association chapters. And, it, you know, it, but it also gives the staff and the agronomy a chance to look forward to dialing things in, getting things ready to go and you know it's, it's rewarding yeah it is. it is i mean it's great to have the your member guests you know everybody tell you how great the golf course is but a lot of times a lot of times you jimbo getting a phone call but um a lot of times you want you know people that's never played your golf course to hear how things are going and you yeah. know and kind of keeps you you know it just kind of keeps you motivated sure yeah it's I mean, I'm sure you you love to hear the tour players talk about it, and you know you probably took the negative comments way more than you, you should have. But you know, I, I'm yeah, like we all do. That's all, you know, you know, everybody's got an ego, so yeah. everybody likes you know that. But yeah, in this business, you can look out there and you can look at it, and you, and you know if it's ready or yeah. if it's good. Yeah, you know, and I, I was I you know I'm like you 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 kind of know where it's dialed in it's looking good and you can just just get those greens exactly like you want them and you know make sure your whole locations are right and you know everything else falls into place it's yep. all good yeah it's good it's uh it's it's very rewarding yeah you know it's a lot of work yeah you know there's about a six week period that you're just married to the job yeah and you know I think as Joe talked about there. The older we get, 
you, you really do need to work. I wanted to mention that the balance of life yeah. and work, and that's important. And the older you get, you look back <laughs> on the uh, fellows that mentioned that when you were young. Yeah. You didn't hear them, but yeah. uh, it is important. Well, speaking about that a little bit, what is, who has been someone you've kind of looked up to or has been a mentor of yours as you've kind of fought your way through the the industry and your, your career? And, um, you know, I know maybe you re, maybe you have somebody, you know, that sort of looks up to you now and you help out. Well, you know, the old pass it forward. So that's been great. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, when I first got started, Willie Pewitt, yeah, just a little nine-hole course, and he uh, – you know, he just watered, he just spurred an interest. Yeah. And then as I got into, after college, uh, Steve Barley there. Sure. And he helped me throughout my whole career, you yeah. know, just job references or things of that nature. And then, you know, working with some of the guys with the PGA Tour, obviously have been very good. That was a big part of it. And yeah. So it's been good. So what, what one little thing or one little piece of advice would you give someone that's been in the business? I mean, you what do you say, 38 years you've been in and around it? Somewhere close. So if you were if you could say to someone that's sort of new to it or getting in the business, what one little thing have you picked up you'd sort of pass along? You know, again, I, as I asked you earlier, I, I think it's getting tougher yeah. and demands are, are uh, harder and harder to meet. But I – you. And I think uh, maybe Dan mentioned this in his podcast, and I think Joe as well. You, yeah. you really just you you need to make sure you have a love, and for this type of work, right? Because if not, you know, I don't think you'll last. It it, it does require a commitment. You know, it 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 definitely does. And what I can offer, and I've been, you know, I'm. 20 24 23 24 years be one of the young guys yeah used to be now you're one of the uh, i know i'm getting on up there i mean i'm one more a couple more years from 25 years as a gcsa member so that's that's hard to believe but qualifies as an old fart i know i know but (laughs) i you know i i this this business has given me a lot um one of the things i'm trying to do is give back uh i i know that um golf is not in some in the term in the sense of courses being built it's not getting bigger so these jobs are narrowing they're get you know you're you're having to fine-tune your skills assistants are harder and harder to find um you know they're bouncing you know those guys that are really passionate are going from big course to big course and you know and so i you know i would tell somebody exactly what you said is hey you got to really want it map out a plan for what you want to do in this business and go after it because you know as much as it's given me, it took a lot. It, it took a lot out of me too, and you know. And now that's what I'm, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. When you can look back and think about balancing yeah. life, it's hard when you're trying to put that much into it. Yeah, I mean, we don't. You know, I don't know about you, but personally, for me, you know, it was a lot of six and seven day weeks. It was missing holidays. It was up early in the morning, so I didn't get to see my kids going to school. You know, I tried to. I tried later in life to figure all that out. But when I was first doing it, it was like, let's go, you know, and, and I and I kind of put everything into that. And and I think that's pretty typical. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you can if you can realize going in, that's, you know, kind of allow, you know, delegate your delegate what you need to your assistants or your people on your staff. 
get you know hire the best people hire people that would could replace you in a minute and and you know and and try to have some sort of balance yes you know because it's not a it'll wear you out if you don't it will yeah and you were talking about gratification i i think um looking back at some of the assistants that i've had work for me and those guys move on yeah you know i'm i'm really proud of those guys more proud of that probably than any golf tournament or event that you've done a self accomplishments to see and uh this is a good industry a lot of people give it back you know? sure and uh that's the great part of this industry and uh that's been very satisfying yeah. you know helping someone else out yeah that's good one of the things that i've i've talked about several times on the on the podcast is our relationships that we have a lot of real tight-knit relationships i mean i'm i'm not a full i mean i'm I'm still around it, but when I was in it, I was more, I was more around the guys. But I still can call them. I still, I they're still my friends. You know, I, I, this has given me an opportunity to talk to them more and give them a voice. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a hard to explain, but it's a, and it, it's not, it's maybe not unique to every industry, but it is to us. Is we got a little bit of a like a fraternity, of brother. And I don't want to leave women out because Shalia is great, and there's a lot of great women out there that are doing great things. But you know, that whole group just kind of fits together, and they like to like to do things together yeah. and talk. And probably you know. like me, I mean, I've um, someone have a problem and recommend calling someone at another course in yeah. another state that I've never met, and pick up the phone and call him and tell him who you are and what you need and. Next thing you know, the guy's just willing and help you out in any way they can. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you meet them later, and it's pretty neat. It is good. I mean, it, it's definitely – there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, it's it, – you know, I don't – you know, I, I know you probably got that a lot, but, I mean, yeah, you just pick up the phone, call somebody, and say, hey, call this person, they'll help you out, and boom, it's done. And that that really is a, a, a great thing that we oh, got yeah, going on, happens. you know. It really does. And, you know, this network thing, it's important for the younger guys. You were talking about yeah. uh, what's one or two things that you could advise people on. And and it's good to go to the conferences, go to these meetings. It's easy to skip it because of this event or yep. that event. But uh, down the road, this network of people and who you meet probably is one of the most important things you do. Yeah. And to advance your career do you see that now more than ever is uh i mean because when we were kind of coming up this none of this technology none of this stuff existed now twitter becomes the bar room where you can talk to people and get a hold of somebody quick but that networking thing is huge for me and i think it's more more prevalent than ever now to to no get doubt. out yeah and yeah. and because yeah. you before we get set in our ways, just be at a course, and we're kind of out of sight, out of mind. And here, you know, now it's like, yeah, you need to be, you need to be touching people, talking to them, seeing how they're doing, what's going on in the industry, uh, going to the meetings, like you said, and like you know, uh, Chris and y'all were talking about on one of the podcasts. There's so much out there that you can learn. Yeah. There's so many people that you can reach, and I'm one that kind of reads and more than I actual tweet, but yeah. For someone like me, if you can uh, 
be my age and actually <laughs> tweet a little bit, you know. You're one anybody, of the rare ones. You're one of the rare ones. Anybody can do it if yeah. I could do it. <laughs> I asked Joe about it. He said, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> That's all right, Joe. But like in sales, you yeah. know, like Chris was talking, one of the fun things I see, I see a lot of interesting things. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> different golf courses. <laughs> and I'll always uh, ask, can I, can I take a picture? But yeah. There's some unique things that I'll see, and those kind of things I'll I'll tweet a picture of this, that, and the other. Yeah, it's fun. So I, that's that's interesting too. That I mean, I think the social media aspect of our business has gotten really. Um, you know, I'm encouraged. I wish that more and more. You were over at the meeting the other day. I mean, you know, it's a very limited amount of people doing it. You know, I'm doing podcasts, and it's easier for somebody to listen to a podcast than to get on Twitter and find out what's going on and. And I think it's uh, something that they're really missing out on. I, I mean, guys can do what they want to do, but I encourage them to reach out and get, get connected to guys and just follow them. And, it's you know, it's really made the uh, network a lot more yeah. available. I, guys should take take advantage of sure. it. You know, it's unique. How often do you get to make the the the? Uh, so do you just strictly stay in Middle Tennessee on the association side and do? Pretty much, yeah. you know, if I'm around Memphis, I have a lot of long-time friends, sure. obviously, that I get over and yeah. see some. So, but kind of the Middle Tennessee thing. Yeah. I saw I saw where you taught a class on one, uh, maybe for the assistants. How'd that go? It was good. Yeah. It was great. Uh, yeah. That was a good meeting. That was the first time uh, Middle Tennessee board, those guys are doing a great job. Yeah. And I kind of serve as an advisory member. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to come up with some new ideas, uh, the guys, Dan was president, and um, now Tyler's president. Yep. And uh, it's just been some really good ideas, and they, they're starting assistance meetings. Right. So there again goes back to that network, even right. though they had – I did a – I called a class on calculations, fertilizers and liquids and things like that for yeah. a little while. Um good speaker there it was just really good yeah. um, I did that in call I taught a college class you know you learn more I did that for about 12 13 years in a small junior college of yeah. turf horticulture and uh, of course you learn a lot more teaching than you do <laughs> sitting in the classroom because you got to prepare a lesson yeah. you know so. you know it's funny I taught um, turf grass management for I think it was one or two semesters I can't remember I think it was two, but it might have been one. Anyways, doesn't matter for Columbia State, and it was uh, and it was one night a week for three hours. That's what I did, and I and I I had a blast doing it, and I didn't think I would I didn't think I would like it, but I but it was fun, and I'm and actually one of the guys became my assistant at Brentwood, and I had four or five guys, six you guys. You learned a lot, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It was and I you know and I had a curriculum, I had a book, I had to stick by, create tests and. I, it was fun, you yeah. know, and I and I and it led me to do things that when I was a superintendent, like, um, you know, at lunchtime, I'd give a I'd give we'd separate into teams and we'd do quizzes and I, you know, and I'd give out gift card or we, you know, I'd buy them lunch if they won, you know, just to to learn on the job because, you know, you just got to you got to keep things interesting and fun. Yeah. But being being where I being having to do it, having to teach it was something that sort of spawned ideas moving forward as things I could do. Well, Middle Tennessee and when Brad was president, uh, they're doing a good job doing different things and yeah. good, good educational parts of their meetings, yeah. so that's good. And 
you learn just learning you know you never yeah. I've never really been all that smart but i know a lot of smart people. <laughs> don't believe him folks this guy's smarter than <laughs> it's good to know a lot of smart people i've seen you, you change a tire yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all i need to see right there especially on a whim <laughs> yeah well, well so you enjoying the the sales side of it and, and doing that and and who you know like you get to see pretty much all the guys that you want to see and you get around to talk to them go to lunch and do all that all that's got to be a little bit yeah. different change of pace it's right? a whole different change of pace and you do a little socializing you talk turf so yeah i love that that's yeah. great uh i think uh everybody's been extremely nice and open uh i was lucky i knew about half the people or more sure before i got here i've known you yeah forever and then i got to meet a lot of people that i didn't know so right. nobody's really running me out the shop yet yeah i had a, a more experienced salesman than me that says well occasionally you'll run across those guys that prove there are more horses ages in the world than there are <laughs> horses but he kind of grinned and winked and said you know you can let somebody else sell those yeah to those guys and i well, how funny, but I, everybody's been very nice. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed it. So how do you handle your setting up your appointments? Cause I, this is something I'm always interested to find. You know, I, I was never a guy that really was bothered by somebody dropping in. Cause I always like to talk to people and unless I didn't have time, then I was kind of like, I, Hey, can you come back? Yeah. So, but not everybody's like me or, I, or even I, like you. I, but so how do you handle that? I'd say the majority are not like that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm learning. That's part of the job. Yeah. I, hey, it was all new, the learning curve yeah. that I mentioned earlier. But uh, I think everybody prefers text, you know? Yeah. And so I'll text out a message and say, you know, are you available? Yeah. And set up a time. Sure. I think that's... That's, that's pretty standard, I yeah. think. I think that's great that tech it's moved to texting because a lot of times it's just easier. You can answer when you got a minute. You don't, you don't feel pressured to, you know, and as I call on people, I try to, you know, Hey, look, if you're busy, trust me, if anybody out there understands, yeah. I, I don't take it personal. So, yeah. you know, let me know and I'll catch you next trip. <laughs> so. Well, what do you like to do when you're not, uh, Working in the turf business, what are some of the things that keeps Jimbo rolling? Well, you got grandkids, all that good stuff? I do, I do. Yeah. And that's been, you know, I mean, like you said earlier, for my entire life I've worked weekends. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of nice having a weekend off. Yeah. That's good. Uh, we've got three grandkids in the last three years, so that's a new experience, <sighs> wow. and that's just wonderful. Yeah. We moved here with two two grandkids here and one in, in Oxford, so we see them a good bit. Yeah, I love the uh, I love being on the lake, being on the water. So I got a little retreat place that chill out place that I nice. like to go to on weekends yeah. and do that. So that's all right. Yeah, yeah, chill it's... out more than I used to. Hey. You seem more laid back, I, I guess. Maybe you've always seemed laid back to me, but I mean, I didn't get to see you running and gunning all the time either. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens to us. You got to get a little, little perspective in life. You get a little older, your yeah. life priorities change a little bit. Yeah. But. So, what keeps you going? 
Good question. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy this yeah. business, you know. Obviously, as we spoke earlier, if, yeah. if you're not committed, you're not going to make it in this business. Yeah. So it's been really good to me. I've been very fortunate, very blessed, you know. Yeah. I think the Lord's helped me down the road with some of these what I thought were good decisions. But, <laughs> uh, so that's been wonderful, you know, and, and uh, I, I just enjoy the business. Yeah. And I was ready for a change, you know. It, tournament time is pretty stressful. It's a young man's job. You yeah. Know? But uh, this allows me to stay in the industry. Obviously, like you and all the guys have said, you, you, you don't have just relationships, you have friendships right. in this business. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and meeting a lot of new people has been fun. Yeah. But I, I just like staying in the, in the industry that's been so good to me. Yeah. And uh, the love of Middle Tennessee has been good. Getting back over kind of to this area is yeah. great. I didn't. I, I don't guess I realized that you grew up in Murphy or in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. That because that's similar to me. I outside of a born in Alabama, I spent the majority of my life in Middle Tennessee. Went to school in West Tennessee, but came back. You know, and I, I'm like you, man. That's in and around Nashville, and I grew up mostly in Murfreesboro. But I mean, it's like this is a pretty darn good place to be, and you know, it and is. and I know for people that may be listening and have haven't been down here i mean it's, we talk about it a lot but it's just a you get four seasons you get a lot of different things you got you know um beautiful country beautiful side. country you can you know the state's wide it's got a lot to do and uh i can see man i i don't i don't guess i realize that you grew up here but i was in i grew up in franklin when franklin was a very small town yeah it's changed it's changed a lot now <laughs> it has changed yeah a lot. But, uh, so i mean you know yeah i i I don't. I've I've dabbled with moving and trying to get away from here. I got a dad lives in Arizona, and you know Florida is always appealing. But I I don't seem to ever get away from it. Man, it's just a cool place to hang out. You know. That's right. I feel blessed. It's good. Yeah. What do you think about? And we talked a little bit about the podcast and all. What do you? How do you feel about this? You know, in, in terms of content building and getting things out there to people and what we're doing here or what I keep saying, I say we all the time. I know I catch myself all the time. I'll get over that bunch, but it's just me. You know, nobody else. There is a we, you know, because you got to have other guys. You're reaching yeah. out. But, uh, you know. You're reaching out to a lot of people, so it's yeah. not just you. You're doing a lot yeah. with that. Oh, I think it's great. Now, I will be honest with you. When you first asked me to be on it and I knew that you had done some, I said, you know, I think I'll listen to a few of these yeah. before I commit too much to BJ. Yeah. <laughs> but now in listening and uh and obviously it's a lot of fun to sit down and and do this, yeah. but uh I really I really think it's it's uh, very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really good. It's it's neat. Well, my purpose my I, man it's it's funny that I get guys that are more willing to do it like yourself and Joe and some guys who've been in the industry for a while that's older guys yeah i mean in in that i hope that continues to be the uh, open the door and and encourages younger guys to do it because you know i talk to guys and you know they're like eh, a little apprehensive about it or they don't they're not sure um and 
it's not something I'm going to really keep harping on because I'm having fun doing it and I'm having fun talking to, to individuals and golf has obviously given me an opportunity to talk to those individuals. And I'm, I want it to be wider than that. The, the our green industry, the turf industry, our industry is just bigger. And so I'm, I, I really think it's a new opportunity for me to allow guys in our industry to get a voice, to talk to me, get content out there. And then, and then hopefully there's little bits and pieces of each one of them that somebody can take home. And if the underlying theme from guys like yourself is, Hey, develop a work-life balance, you know, find the little things, you know, get, be able to get away. That's great because at some point that'll, that'll, you know, that'll start sinking in. Well, and also I really like, I haven't listened to them all, but I do. I'll hold it. I'll hold you to making sure. Uh, I probably have more time on the road than most, but, uh, (laughs) You know, you've got a, a good diversity but in the industry. Yeah. You know, so you've gotten members from clubs. You've gotten an assistant that I haven't listened, you know, and sure. you've gotten um, professors in the industry. So you're not just focused on one topic. Right. Know? And I think you should try to, you know, do more of that. Right. You know, reach out to different parts but of it. The goal's always been to, to sort of keep it diverse. I, I realize that every, even superintendents – if that was all the content was, they have different stories. They sure. every place and golf course is different. They got different budgets, different this. So that could be interesting in itself. And I've asked people, you know, the content seem is it seem monotonous? Does it seem like it's the same stuff over and over again? And and I don't think so. And I get I don't and I don't get people to tell me that it is, you know. Yeah. And so I, I feel like that, you know, that's important for me is to kind of keep putting out that diversity of content and and getting, you know, guys that are interested in coming on. And, you know, Dr. Bronson opened up some doors to some other, you know, people at UT that may come on. And, you know, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. Great you know? job. You know, I love it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, what, uh, um, what sort of things have you seen in the industry that uh, are – that kind of pique your interest? You know, not now that you're not on the – you know, maybe is it a chemical? Is it some sort of uh, equipment that you see? You see changes now with maybe autonomous mowers. Uh, you know, GPS is kind of coming full circle. What What are some of the things that you see that uh, kind of the technology? Yeah. You know, it like you just mentioned it. Yeah. I would say that's the biggest thing. That's uh, you know, you go to these seminars and just got some great ideas. And, yeah. You know, you gotta for the older guys, you gotta get in there and go with it and then the young guys it's just second nature but uh i mean like you mentioned yeah the gps spray equipment you know yeah. how far has that come sure from the old cushman that we drove you know? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then uh and then you know the technology i love you know guys doing drones and yeah filming projects and things like that it's just it's the whole neat. yeah and i don't I think we're just kind of getting, getting there. Yeah. You know, I wonder about the, uh, the mowing, the mower equipment. You know, yeah. the technology's there. Yeah. If you can get a car that can drive itself, surely we can mow a fairway or a green. So that's coming. Yeah, I, I think you know we get a lot. We get a lot of, in our industry, what's happening in farming, and we can look at what's going on in the agricultural business. And and sort of real and sort of understand what's going to be coming trickling down. We're just a real niche market. We have uh, you know the the money's only in a small group of clubs, and so those things become 
expensive, but once they become economical and more, you know, more advantageous for uh, clubs to take a look at autonomous mowers or GPS sprayers or these things that can, when you start talking about saving chemical uh, budgets and, you know, reducing those and things like that, then they start understanding what the value is. And so you, if you take what's happening, say, with a combine out there that, that goes by itself and self, you know, operated and makes all the own, makes all its own adjustments based on GPS and data. That's only going to happen in our industry when, when you really boil it down to what's going on. I think having done sales a little bit, and I knew this just like you did, that it makes me understand how small the golf course industry yeah. is on that pie. It's a small piece of pie and the, you know, the lawn care is so much bigger yep. and then the ag industry is even you know yeah so we're we are a small which hurts yeah. us, i think it hurts the chemical side and the technology side like you just mentioned. well you get a lot of the trickle down and so exactly. it's slower to move in you know things become slower because they just can't invest in that and so it takes time and things we will be fine with things that mow and things that do what we needed to do. It's just when you start looking at the technology side of things and how things are moving to save money, to, to save water, to, you know, better apply fertilizers, to do all of that, you know, re, uh, reallocate labor dollars. All of that stuff is things that, you know, they're working on and I don't, and it's probably way bigger than you and I even can realize, oh, but sure. you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'd love to, you know, I, I eventually, hopefully we'll get somebody on here who can talk a lot about it. What, what's coming through the pipeline and some of that, because that interests That me. would be a great topic. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, it's, it, it'd be fascinating to sit here and talk about, because you, you hear about how they've been working on robot mowers for 10 and 15 years, yep. you know, and you're like, here we go you know what's the number one problem on a golf course yeah. right now yeah every golf course you go to you know you as a salesman you know you like to ask well what kind of problems are you doing yeah You're thinking you might solve them up number one problem labor oh sure so i what kind of problems you have other than labor yeah <laughs> you know? that's always got to be the the disclaimer because it is i mean that guys are too much, too too much trouble getting help and finding and keeping it, you know. No doubt. Well, you got anything for me? A great job, man. I you know, I listened to your uh, master's podcast. That was really good, and uh, I was curious for you, maybe now or at another point, to add a little bit about how that is going to influence the game of golf with what they're doing with kids, yeah. chip, putt, contest, yep. and uh, just super amazed at the influence. What do you think the influence having the women's amateur play there right. at Augusta? And, you know, I've not watched a lot of women's amateur golf on TV, yeah. but I did watch that round. Yep. Well, a couple of thoughts. Tiger being back and relevant is huge for golf. Unbelievable. It 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 it's cha it changed golf in the late '90s and early 2000s, um, and it's it sparked a boom in kids. Um, and I think I think kids these days need a you know him being 
there's great golfers. The Dustin Johnsons, Brooks Kepkas, Jordan Spees, those guys are all great. And they're doing but there's something about Tiger that moves the needle. And so him being back to playing golf and getting a little um tick up in the in the in sort of in sort of peaking the interest of golfers is gonna be big. So I think that's number one. I think kids there there's a lot of junior golf that's being done now that's great with the junior leagues and some of the things that you see where you're just getting kids out there and playing and getting them on golf courses and comp you know having competitions and things like that but to, to your point augusta does takes it one step further and that's the thing that they're great about and you know i don't know why it took them so long to do anything with I, well i do know why but i mean you know because everything happens down there it, it's on purpose but but still to have a have a an event centered around women at, at a at a place like that and have some of the best amateurs in the world or the best amateurs in the that world. That was some good golf. And, I mean, and I enjoyed you know, watching. Um, you know, women's golf, junior golf, those are the – those are – you've got to get those people involved to grow the game. You know? I could see a young girl seeing that and dedicating a career to golf yeah. just – because of her goal to be playing yeah. in that event, I mean, you know, it's got to be great. I I agree, and and to a lesser extent, I mean, I didn't I didn't have the work ethic to be a professional golfer. I played college golf, but I didn't have the work ethic. But I dreamed of playing golf at at, at you know in the Masters or doing something like that. Now that never came to be, but that's how those dreams and realities become. You give them some. You give a individual young girl, young kid, an opportunity or give them, show them something, and then that might spawn them to, on to doing great things. And I think it's huge. And like the drive, chip, and putt thing that they that do. be expanded. Yeah. And, you know, when the Masters does it, a yeah. lot of other folks will follow. So that's great. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a great conversation. I appreciate you listening to that. That was one that I did at the spur of the moment kind yeah. of thing. I actually recorded it right after watching it. And I, then I was like, well, you know, this is kind of so different than than anything I've done. But then I thought, you know, this is it's good. It's good to hear my hear just me talk about something and, and apply it to how life and how the how the comeback that he 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 showed and the emotion that he had and all the things he's been through and sort of it sort of is the idea behind my career, this podcast, some of the things in life where you can just say, hey everything that happens happens for a reason and it doesn't matter if, if you had a bad front nine whatever it's always make the turn let's go home so you know play better do do better come back whatever so i thought it was important to share that you that know? was good you know so you know it was perfect timing well man i hope you continue yep. and wish you the greatest i appreciate it and we'll sit down again at some point and follow up and talk about some other stuff and see, hear how life's going but Maybe I can be on time with well, no uh, we'll, we'll fix the other tire. issues. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix the tire. We'll do whatever we got to do. But I think thank I thank you very much for doing this, sitting down. My I'd have waited all night. We'd have, we'd have get it done, and, uh, and you know, I'm grateful that you did that. So, appreciate it. My pleasure. For everybody listening, that's the uh, end of the show. Appreciate it. Uh, again, go rate, subscribe, uh, follow us on iTunes. I, where can they follow you? You're on, you're on Twitter, right? 
Yes, Jim uh, at, at Grassroots. Jim at Grassroots on Twitter. Any other social media that you do? You know, I follow yeah. Facebook, but I'm I'm not. You know, it's more personal stuff. Yeah. And I don't, I like I get a lot of information just yeah. seeing what other people are doing. Yep. Cool. Well, go follow him. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. This has been another episode of Making the Turn. I'm your host, B.J. Parker. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.